Loving God, we do praise you for this day because it is you who have called us to this time and to this place. And it is you who meets us in this time. We pray that your holy word might make its way into our hearts and into our minds, that you might teach us, that you might help us to grow as your faithful disciples, that you might challenge us and love us, that we might feel your love and be reminded of your goodness. Help us now. In Christ's holy and powerful name, amen. You know, most commentaries about today's gospel lesson, the parable of the unjust servant, either began or quickly make the point that this text is unexpected and extremely difficult. I mean, a dishonest employee is commended by his boss. I mean, is that how we understand the world is supposed to work? I mean, is that what we teach our children? Now, that's not we, what we really expect Jesus to say or to encourage, is it? I mean, this is a different kind of parable, and it's going to take a little work. So as we begin today, let's start with something that is a bit more familiar and a bit easier to understand, because it is there in verse 2 that the master says to the manager, give me an accounting of your management. Now, whether you believe it or not, we've all heard these words. It may not have been these exact words, but we've heard them. At some time in your life, and probably many times, there has been an accounting demanded of you. Let me give you some examples. The IRS invites you to bring your shoebox full of receipts and come on down to the office so that they can check the numbers on your tax return. That happens, right? Have you ever been called into the principal's office? You've ever sat down with your therapist or your spiritual director and she or he says, so, tell me what's going on in your life. Or the boss calls you into her office to have a meeting. Or you come home and your spouse says those four dreaded words, we need to talk. You know, even each Sunday, we pray, Lord, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Do we just say that by rote, or do we actually mean it? In all of these situations, an accounting of our management is being demanded of us. And you know what? It's not easy. You know, giving and accounting can be very uncomfortable and even fearful at times. When we get called to account, what do we do? We begin to review our words. We review our actions. And we wonder to ourselves, we say things like, 
What have I done? What have I left undone? What's going to happen to me? What am I going to do? I mean, this is exactly what the unjust manager and our scripture lesson does today. Why? Well, no one likes to give an accounting. You know, we're, let's be honest, we, we're pretty private about our books, right? Not only do we not want others to see our balance, many times we don't even want to see our own balance. We don't want to deal with the, and face the reality. But you know what? That's what an accounting asks of us. You see, the accounting demands of this manager, just like the ones demanded of us, is really what? It is an accounting of his life. It asks us to open the books of our lives and to examine and audit what we are doing with our life. And it asks a very poignant question, who are you serving? An accounting raises important questions. What are we doing with the resources, the assets, and the gifts that have been entrusted to us? I mean, let's just think for a minute of all that God has given to you. Time, money, ideas, and dreams, and hopes, passions, and concerns, people and relationships, love, compassion, mercy, and forgiveness, talents and abilities, questions and curiosities. If we gave an accounting of how we manage these gifts, what would our books look like? What would our books reveal about us? How are we investing the assets that God has given to us. My friends, today's gospel lesson calls us to account for our management and all that we are and all that we have. The demand for an accounting often sounds like someone's in trouble, right? I mean, that's how today's parable begins. The manager has been charged with squandering his master's property. He's going to be fired. He will lose his job, his reputation, his income, and even his status. And he even reveals a part of him is dying. And at some level, he's going to lose the life that he knows. I think there's a key word in our text today. And that key word is dishonest. And yes, the manager is dishonest about the books that he keeps and the way he resolves some of his issues. But more than that, the manager is dishonest about the relationship that he has with his master. Because What he does with his master's assets show you the lack of a relationship. 
This relationship at best is broken, it's impaired, it's out of sync. I mean, this manager has claimed self-interest and self-loyalty and self-serving over interest in, loyalty to, and service of his master. Now, let's always be really slow when we read in the Bible to judge. You've heard me say this before, and I will say it again, and I will say it as many times as we all need to hear it, and that is judging is not a spiritual gift. (laughs) All right? And so we're quick to condemn this unjust manager. But what if this unjust manager is you? What if this unjust manager is me? Well, don't we have our excuses? Don't we have our reasons? And we could just go on and on. I mean, Jesus says, hey, You know what? You need to stop worrying about the speck in your neighbor's eye when you have a log sticking out of your own eye. Let's put ourselves in the text. Let's understand where we are. You know, one of the beautiful things is when you talk about a parable, if you ever read a parable and there's no shock value, you're not reading the parable right. Let's just be honest. You become too familiar with it Because when Jesus tells a parable, they're always gotcha moments. And if you're not gotcha at that time, you go off and you go, oh man, Jesus was talking about me. I didn't see it at the time. If you ever really understand a parable, then you're probably not reading it right. And parables invite us into the story. Parables invite us into looking at ourselves. And this parable is the same. And let's be honest. This manager is the image for Jesus' words, you cannot serve two masters. The parable doesn't go into all of the details and all the specifics of everything that that he did wrong. I'm sure it was more than just about the olive oil and the wheat. But you know, I don't know that it's just about that. Instead of us auditing his books, Jesus is inviting us to audit our own books. And you know what? My friends, every day we are called to account for our actions. We are called to account for who we serve. We are called to account for how did we do today in loving other people. And not just all the people who look and sound like you, but especially the people who are different than you especially the people who are hard and difficult to love. Now, if you sit here and you have a whole list of all these difficult people that, you, that God's calling you to love, I hear you. You know, God bless you. 
I hope you pray for those people and give thanks for them because you get to learn a powerful lesson. If I have said this and you can't think of anybody who is difficult to love, you need to know that person is you. (laughs) And we love you and we're glad you're here, right? But again, we're all called to an accounting. We're called to accounting every day, every moment of that day. We just have to listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit that says, all right, what you doing? Why you doing it? Really? Who you serving here? Are you succumbing to your fears? Or are you really serving the kingdom of God? You know, I want to tell you, I am an absolute, this is probably going to come any shock to you. I'm, I'm an absolute horrible mathematician, right? I mean, I, I, I get a lot out of, uh, I actually understand when the great manager Yogi Berra once said, half said yes, half said no, and the other half don't care. <laughs> I mean, I, I get that. That makes sense to me. It may not to you, but yeah, I, I agree. But let me tell you, God has called me to account many times and continues to do so. And I stand before you as your pastor, as your spiritual leader, and I want to confess to you, I have failed time and time again in my accounting. And it's not just because of bad math. All right? Let me share one such story with you. 16 years ago, my wife, my mother-in-law, my two young boys who were ages four and two at the time, my daughter was on the way, but she was not yet physically present. And my parents, did I say that? My parents, we all took a trip to the happiest place on earth. Yeah, Walt Disney World. And uh, what a trip it was. You know, we were going to, we had planned this wonderful vacation. And let me tell you, it started off bad and got worse. One of the first things is we had a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and we had to travel, you know, from Texas to Florida, and I became those people on the plane that I dislike, (laughs) parents with little kids, right? I'm the one that sits towards the back of the plane where I don't have to deal with that. But here I am trying to keep them engaged and corralled and doing the right thing. Well, that was just a stressful trip. Well, we get to Florida. It's in the, it's in the late afternoon. And uh, my wife tells me, this is great. You know what? All we have to do is get on the, uh, the transit that's going to take us right to our room there at Walt Disney World. And they're going to bring our bags to us. We don't even have to go get our bags. Well, yeah, they got there 11 o'clock that night. And so in the meantime, we end up going there, and we're kind of excited about being there. And uh, my oldest has a little fall and really has a raspberry, you know, on his elbow. 
And we had packed for these things. We're parents. I mean, we got everything covered, except all that we packed isn't in our room. And so I thought, well, we'll just go by the gift shop, right? And we'll buy some bandages for $25. (laughs) Like, no, I'm going to make some kind of a makeshift cast using toilet paper on his arm. And that's what he got. I mean, people were coming up saying, can I sign that for you? I'm like, it's not real. Just, it's a whole roll, though. He'll be taken care of. <laughs> and that was the other thing that happened, is we got there, and my wife, and, and understand, my wife really kind of takes care of our finances, and it's wonderful. I don't have to worry about it. I mean, she kind of like gives me allowance, and I'm just happy, you know? And I just kind of live my life and all is good. Well, she had really done all the work to plan this and to get this ready and get this going. You know, somebody in the family has to take that on. And she had done so and done a great job. Except the one thing that happened is she had not uh, put into the uh, understanding how much the food was going to cost. And so she's in tears because it's so expensive. And I said, well, honey, you know what? I jokingly said this. We can just leave one of the kids. We'll be fine. (laughs) We'll take out a loan or whatever it is. We'll probably never go on a vacation again. But you know what? We're here. Let's just live into it. Well, so we decided this first day can't be any worse. So let's just go to bed. Tomorrow's going to be better. And you know what? Tomorrow... The animal kingdom opens the earliest, and if you were there on the property, they would let you go in first. So let's go in there, and we'll take the kids in. We'll spend however much it is, and you know what? I'm going to have one of those big old Mickey Mouse pancakes that, you know, shaped like the mouse and everything, and I'm going to eat. That's going to be my breakfast, and the kids are going to love it too. So we did. We did all that. Everybody out. We're out there, and what we find, we get at 8 o'clock at Animal Kingdom, and none of the restaurants open until 9 (laughs) o'clock. And we had been promising big, and we could not fulfill it. (sighs) The kids are crying. I mean, they're hard to console. They're hungry, right? They're hungry. My wife is working with them, trying to console them. I know what you're asking. Where am I? I'm worrying for everybody, okay? (laughs) I'm doing what dads do best. You know, I'm pacing. I look over, and there's my mother-in-law dealing with the situation. She's uh, chain-smoking. My, my, father, my father was in the early stages of Alzheimer's at this point, and I look around, and I don't even know where he is. And I'm like, this is another problem. And then I look over, and I see my mom. Now, to know my family and to know my mom, my mom really is the spiritual kind of center of my family. And so I look over there, and she's standing by herself, and her lips are moving, and nothing's coming out. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. She's gone crazy. (laughs) And I remember I went over to my mom, and I said, Mom, you're aware that this is like the worst vacation ever. And I said, do you even know where Dad is, by the way? And... uh, What are you doing? I mean, you're over here talking to yourself. 
And here is what my mother said to me at that moment. She said, Jason, I'm not talking to myself. I'm praying. Now, I am embarrassed. I don't know why I'm telling you this. I'm telling you much more about me than I think you ought to know. <laughs> I'm embarrassed about my response. Because my response was this. Really, Mom? At a time like this, you're praying? <laughs> now, I don't know why this seems to happen. I really think God likes messing with God's children, okay? And I really think God likes messing with me. Because the minute I said that, I mean, those words had just come out of my mouth and a cart pulls up right where we're sitting. And what does it have on it? Bananas and milk. Now, it wasn't a Mickey Mouse pancake that I was looking forward to, but you know what? it do. And we ate. And we were thankful. And then we got on a transit to take us to the far part of uh, the park. And we get off. And as we're getting off and all of us are kind of moving, I mean, we're kind of a, a motley looking crew moving around. And one of the park rangers at the, at the Animal Kingdom came up to us and said to us, hey, would y'all like to be the animal kingdom family of the day. Yeah, that sounds awesome, right? But I'm in, I'm in bad vacation mode. And I said, yeah, how much is that going to cost? <laughs> and he said, no, it's free. And they did. They took us to the front of every line. They took us behind the scenes and gave us the tour of how all of it operates and runs. I mean, we were treated like royalty. It turned out to be an awesome day. And then even at the end, when they said, well, is there anything else we can do for you? And my wife said, well, food prices are kind of expensive. They wrote us food vouchers for the rest of the day. And what happened? Well, I got to tell you, that turned our vacation around because we had another, you know, four days after that. And it really did turn into one of the best vacations, the best family times ever. And it didn't start that way. But I need you to know that I got called to account. Now, it wasn't an, a mean account. It wasn't, God, you are so faithless. You got, you got to quit being a pastor. You know, you can't even be my disciple anymore kind of accounting. It was just an accounting of, come on, Jason, what are you doing? Can't you see? Don't you know that I was there with you and all of that? Don't you know that I love you? Don't you know that you can act better? My friends, I'm here to tell us we're always being called to account. And we can always do better because we're the ones in need of grace. We are the unjust manager. And there's always grace and love for us. There's always something to learn. There's always a way to grow. And it never really stops. I, I mean, I heard Jesus telling me, don't just tell me that you have faith. 
Live your faith. Don't live in fear. Don't, don't say that you love people. That's easy. That's talk is cheap. Go out and love somebody. Love the difficult to love. You know, being a follower of Jesus is not about following a list of rules. Being a follower of Jesus Christ always has and always will be about a relationship with Christ and a relationship with God. My friends, believe it or not, but grace is hiding in the demand for accounting, that we are blessed when we are asked to open our books and look what we've done. We can always do better, but the beauty is there is always grace. So, has God called you to account? The answer is yeah, absolutely, every day, every moment of that day. Give an account of the management of your life. What are you doing with your life? Who are you serving? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, our...